please take your seats. The show is about to begin. From Baltimore, Maryland, you're listening to the Maryland Theater Guide with Mark Beachy, a show about theater, music, and dance in the Maryland, Washington, D.C., and Northern Virginia area. During the program, you'll listen to special guest interviews and performances. What's more, listeners will have a chance to win theater tickets and other great prizes. And now, here's your host, Mark Beachy. Welcome to the third episode of the Maryland Theater Guide podcast. I'm your host, Mark Beachy. This episode features an interview with Rebecca Walls, a monologue moment with Chris Porter, and a musical moment with Carly Miller. In addition, stick around to play a game called Trivia Time. We'll get to our first guest after the news. On Saturday, June 23rd, Young Artists of America's televised performance of Young Artists of America, The Songs of Tim Rice, that premiered on Maryland Public Television in June of 2017, won a regional Emmy Award in the category of Best Lighting. Emmy Award-winning children's entertainer John Taylor, the Kinderman, has died at the age of 82 of heart disease. A memorial service is planned for 11 a.m. September 20th at the Columbia Baptist Fellowship. Come to a cabaret to benefit the Ellicott City Partnership on Monday, August 27th at Howard Community College's Smith Theater. Tickets can be purchased at the door or online at laboroflove at eventbrite.com. The Ruby Griffith Awards, which honors D.C. area community theaters, took place on Sunday, July 15th. Silver Spring Stages, A Delicate Balance, won the award for Outstanding Achievement in a Non-Musical. Damascus Theater Company's The Little Mermaid won the award for Outstanding Achievement in a Musical. And the Ruby Griffith Award for All-Round Production Excellence went to the Children's Theater of Annapolis for their production of Beauty and the Beast. They've got parts to perform and hearts to warm in the Monumental Theatre Company's production of Pippin, now playing through July 30th in Alexandria, Virginia. Pippin tells the story of a young man who graduates from college and is trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. All he knows is that it's going to be something extraordinary. And so, he tries out a bunch of different things. He tries out being a warrior, he tries out having a relaxing life, He tries out being a politician and starting a revolution, all before finding his true purpose in life. I now welcome Rebecca Walls, the director of the Monumental Theatre Company's production of Pippin to the program. Rebecca, please tell us about who wrote the music and lyrics to Pippin. So Pippin is actually the first full-length musical that Stephen Schwartz uh, ever wrote. And this is Stephen Schwartz who composed Wicked um, and Godspell. So Pippin came first. Uh, And he actually wrote it while he was in college. Um, And he says that there's not a single note or line (laughs) from the version he wrote in college that's still in it today. But that is the origin story of Pippin. What makes your production of Pippin stand out from all the other productions of Pippin previously produced? Of which there are many. Um, Well, so we are uh, 
really leaning into the contemporary aspects of the story. Because like you said, it's, I mean, it's definitely a story that a lot of people can relate to. I mean, every time I describe it, you know, you start out with Pippin graduates from college and doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. Well, that sounds familiar. Um, So we thought, why not really embrace that aspect of the story and make it, make the story fully from Pippin's perspective. So the other aspect of the play is that there's this character of the leading player who is who we just heard singing glory um and he serves as a, a narrator for the story and everyone around pippin they're all this troop of traveling players usually um led by the leading player and they're going to tell the story of pippin and so for me the challenge that i decided to take on was how can we make this from pippin's perspective instead of from the leading player's perspective and sort of strip away the traveling theater troupe elements of it um, and so if Pippin is this young man who sees his life in a theatrical way, I think that there's a lot of interesting things to dig into there, especially with the way that young people and not, I mean, not just young people, but people today present themselves, right? We have our, our online personalities. We're kind of performing all the time. You know, that's something you always hear about is how people present themselves in a certain way online and it's not like who they are at all in real life. And that's just performance. So that was sort of our inroad for this new production of Pippin. Now let's talk about some of the performers in your production. First, I would like to know who is playing the role of the leading player. Sure. So that's Solomon Parker. Um, and he is just incredible. Um, he he sings, he dances, he acts, he's a triple threat. He does it all. And he's a wonder to work with. So a cool thing about Solomon is that um, so this version of Pippin that we're doing uh, is the, it's the score from the 2013 Broadway revival, which a music theater international has recently started releasing and that's written in a, a female key um, for Patina Miller, who won the Tony award for playing the leading player on Broadway in this production, this 2013 production. And Solomon is actually almost the entire thing in the Patina key, <laughs> which is really incredible. And he is just the best. Yeah. I mean, just listening to that clip, you hear how high he is going. It's just, uh, yeah. In the stratosphere, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> and then in uh, Simple Joys, which I think is the other clip that we have, he's, while he's singing that, he's he's dancing. It's like an aerobics class. He's all over the stage. He's, I mean, he's jumping. He's landing on the floor. He's pulling himself up from the floor. It's incredible. Solomon, to me, he just is the character. <laughs> he, is, he is what I've always envisioned this character as, and I feel so lucky that we found him. And now I'm curious, who is playing the role of Pippin? Yes. Uh, speaking of people who are a dream come true. Um, so Tiziano DeFuso. And gosh, I hope I'm saying that last name right. I'm so bad at that. But he's also an incredible local DC actor. He and I had actually seen in a few things around town and was absolutely delighted to see his audition. He also has just an absolutely golden voice and he sings these truly iconic songs both of them that's the challenge that both of these the songs in Pippin are iconic they are musical theater standards you've got magic to do which the leading player leads which everyone who's ever taken a musical theater dance class knows (laughs) and you've got corner of the sky which anyone who knows anything about musical theater knows and has probably sung at some point so they're really taking on these roles that have a lot of you know, preconceived notions about them. And I think that they do a really good job of creating their own versions of these characters. I think that their take on both of these characters is just as valid as any that you have seen before. And they add, they definitely bring something new to the table. 
Now, the females have some important roles in Pippin as well, don't they? They do. Absolutely. So we've got Ed, some awesome some awesome women. Um, Rachel Barlam is playing Fistrata, which has always been a favorite character of mine. And Rachel <laughs> is a monumental theater company favorite. She's been in all of their summer shows. She was Bonnie and Bonnie and Clyde last summer. And she was also near in town and is also, you know, pretty popular local DC actress. But she gets to take on the role of Fistrata, which is typically played by uh, an older woman, right? Um, and that's the other interesting thing that we're dealing with here is that Monumental's mission, part of their mission is that they want to create theater for and by millennials. And so for some of these roles, such as Pastrada and King Charles and Grandma Bertha, we have cast millennial actors in those roles. And, you know, that changes what those characters are able to do and the way that they're able to move. They become more mask characters than, uh, you know, people will typically cart in a a celebrity to play a lot of these roles, but we have people who are not only playing these roles, but are also singing and dancing in the ensemble throughout. We only have 10 people in the whole cast. And so who is playing the feisty and funny Grandma Bertha? Caitlin Kemp, who has also been in shows with Monty Hooks before, and is uh, she does a lot of improv, and she is hilarious. She she cracks everyone up every time she gets out there and sings that song. <laughs> in your production, does Bertha invite the audience to sing along with the song No Time At All? So she does invite them to sing along. Um, we will not have uh, big lyrics rolling across the whole stage for everyone to follow along with. Uh, we might have our own little version of that. Um, TV, oh, okay. But, um, but yes, the audience is, of course, invited to sing along with Bertha. She's everyone's grandma, not just Pippin. Stay tuned for part two of my interview with Rebecca Walls later in the program. When we come back from the break, it's time for a monologue moment with Chris Porter. Are you looking for the perfect gift for someone who loves the performing arts? Do you have an actor, dancer, or musician in the family? Well, look no further. The Maryland Theater Guide features an online gift shop that theater, music, and dance aficionados will love. From apparel to jewelry to games and puzzles, books and more, take a peek inside the Maryland Theatre Guide's gift shop. Visit mdtheaterguide.com and start shopping. To be or not to be, that is the question. We know what we are, but know not what we may be. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to put down the slings and arrows and get ready for a monologue moment. Here on the Maryland Theater Guide. Today's guest for a monologue moment is Chris Porter. Chris has performed in The Tempest, Romeo and Juliet, Twelfth Night, and Richard III, to name just a few. And now here is Chris Porter performing a monologue from Act One, Scene One, from William Shakespeare's Richard III. Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by this son of York. And all the clouds that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. Now are our brows bound with victorious wreaths, our bruised arms hung up for monuments, our stern alarums changed to merry meetings, our dreadful marches to delightful measures. Grim-visaged war hath smoothed his wrinkled front, and now, instead of mounting barbed steeds to fright the souls of fearful adversaries, he capers nimbly in a lady's chamber to the lascivious pleasing of a lute. 
But I, that am not shaped for sportive tricks, nor made to court an amorous looking-glass, I, that am rudely stamped, and want love's majesty to strut before a wanton, ambling nymph, I, that am curtailed of this fair proportion, cheated of feature by dissembling nature, deformed, unfinished, sent before my time into this breathing world, scarce half made up, and that so lamely and unfashionable that dogs bark at me as I halt by them. <laughs> Why, I, in this weak, piping time of peace, have no delight to pass over the time unless to see my shadow in the sun and descant on mine own deformity. And therefore, since I cannot prove a lover to entertain these fair well-spoken days, I am determined to prove a villain, and hate the idle pleasures of these days. Plots of I laid. Inductions dangerous by drunken prophecies, libels, and dreams to set my brother Clarence and the king in deadly hate, the one against the other. And if King Edward be as true and just as I am subtle, false, and treacherous, this day shall Clarence closely be mewed up about a prophecy which says that G of Edward's heirs the murderer shall be. Dive thoughts down to my soul. Here Clarence comes. This has been a monologue moment on Maryland Theatre Guide. And now back to my interview with Rebecca Walls. listening to the song Simple Joys from the Monumental Theatre Company's production of Pippin. Now, Rebecca, please tell us more about the time period of Pippin and how it affects the story. Totally. Uh, so it takes place today. Um, the, all, almost all of the characters are going to have cell phones on stage. They're taking pictures of each other. They're live streaming each other. They're texting. <laughs> they're posting. Uh, all that good stuff. You know, stuff that people today just do um that it's kind of hard to <laughs> it's hard for me to imagine a play that takes place today that doesn't involve that and so it's i mean it's not something that is you know written in the script of pippin but it makes sense right Fastrata, that character we were just talking about she's very glamorous right so she's posting selfies on instagram all the time because obviously she is of course she is that being said there are definitely elements of this play that you know allude to a more medieval theme um pippin's father for example is a king uh pippin is a prince so these are all just aspects that we're looking at in a more modern, sleek way. Okay, so this will absolutely affect the costumes that you for have. Sure. Tell us a little bit about the costume design. Our goal for the costumes, what we spoke about was like that we want it to seem like it's happening today or even two years in the future from now. So, you know, a lot of sleek looks um, for the court characters, for um, King Charles and for Strata and for Pippin's uh, half-brother, Louis who is also a prince. Pippin and the leading player are both in like 
a jeans and t-shirt kind of look. And I think where this is the most unusual or the most uh, of a break from tradition is with the leading player. So usually the leading player is in like a dance costume of some kind, right? Because of the, the theatrical nature of the play. But for us, I really wanted to tie him together with Pippin himself because I believe that the leading player is of Pippin. Again, with this lens of the whole story being from Pippin's perspective. So the two of them are kind of uh, mirrors of each other. Pippin's got some color in his shirt and the leading player is mostly black and white. And I think it, it creates an interesting picture. Absolutely. And speaking of the pictures, uh, let's go into the, the set design. Tell me about uh, the vision for that. Yeah. So uh, the, our set is so cool. James Raymond designed it and it's, uh, it's mostly white. It's squares. It's rectangles. It's, um, I think the, the main point of inspiration that I started with is like, you know, those apartment buildings that, uh, that are um, all over DC and Northern Virginia and even Maryland now that are boxes. They're like squares. And you can tell that the, those, are all, those are all apartment buildings that have been built in the last 10 years. They all have that look about them that like calls to the 60s and 70s in certain ways. But it's just so modern because everything modern is a square. So the set is based off of squares. Um, you'll see squares. Mm on the walls you'll see squares outside of the walls you'll see squares on the floor yep it's all about the squares it's all about the squares and the pippin feed mobile app please tell me about that so audience members will be able to download this app that was created especially for our production it's called the pippin feed and on that app they'll get to before the play begins they'll get to meet the social media personas of many of the characters from the play. So of all of the characters who would have social media personas. And I think that that serves to ground it in a reality and it helps provide some context. And then um, during intermission, uh, there will be more posts that appear in this app, which is called the Pippin Feed. The characters, everything that they tweeted about and posted about during Act One. And then the same for afterwards. And it's a definitely <laughs> an ambitious aspect of the project to pull off. But I think it's going to, I hope, I hope that people will like that. My thought, people are going to be scrolling their phones anyway while they're waiting for the show to start and during intermission. It might as well be interacting with the show. Presented by the Edge of the Universe Players 2, The Vandal by Hamish Linklater involves three characters in a nighttime terrain marked by a hospital, a bus stop, a graveyard, and a liquor store. The characters known as woman, boy, and man, all emotional and unusual in one way or another, are portrayed by Allison Bauer, Gianna Rapp, and Tom Howley. With an ending you'll never see coming, this tale of life, death, rage, and forgiveness addresses what it means to exist as a modern human. The Vandal is now playing through July 28th as part of the Capitol Fringe Festival. For more information, visit universeplayers2.org. Want to be a guest or sponsor of the Maryland Theater Guide? Email mark at mdtheaterguide.com. And now, back to the show. Above all, I am an opera singer. This is how people will remember me. I know I'm an opera singer, but we're actors too. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get out your opera glasses and get ready for a musical moment. Here on the Maryland Theatre Guide. Today's guest for a musical moment is Carly Miller. 
Carly is a filmmaker, photographer, and musician from Southern California. And now here is Carly Miller performing O Shenandoah from her album, Spirit of the Age. O Shenandoah, I long to see you This has been a musical moment on Maryland Theatre Guide. Today's Trivia Time category is Food and Musicals. The first person to email me the correct answers will win a handmade Shakespeare portrait pendant from the Maryland Theatre Guide gift shop. 
Now, before we begin, here are the correct answers from our last episode. Question number one. What is the name of Shakespeare's theater? Is it A, the Hippodrome, B, the Globe, or C, the Winter Garden Theater? The correct answer is B, the Globe. Question number two. All the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players is from which play? Is it A, As You Like It, B, A Midsummer Night's Dream, or C, Hamlet? The correct answer is A, As You Like It. Question number three. Which Shakespeare play is the shortest? Is it A, Romeo and Juliet, B, Hamlet, or C, The Comedy of Errors? The correct answer is C, The Comedy of Errors. And now, let's play today's edition of Trivia Time. Question number one. In the musical Wicked, Alphabet Shade of Green is likened to a froggy, ferny... Is it A, Cucumber, B, Melon, or C, Cabbage? Question number two. Finish this lyric from Pippin. Join us, leave your... Is it A, cheese to sour, or B, milk to sour, or C, dog to shower? Question number three. Have an egg roll, Mr. Goldstone. It's a lyric from which musical? Is it A, My Fair Lady, B, Gypsy, or C, The Music Man? Email your answers to me at mark at mdtheaterguide.com. We are out of time for today. I would like to thank our guests, Rebecca Walls, Chris Porter, and Carly Miller. I'm Mark Beachy for the Maryland Theater Guide. Have a theatrical day. Thanks for listening to the Maryland Theater Guide with Mark Beachy. To read the latest theater, music, and dance reviews, be sure to visit our free online performing arts magazine at mdtheaterguide.com. To become a guest or sponsor of the show, email mark at mdtheaterguide.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Maryland Theater Guide.